Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? Friendships with people outside the church. Yeah, I basically like cocoon myself. I wish I could do that. Oh, same. Just, I hate being a light sleeper. It's the absolute worst. Like I've, like I've imagined that when eventually, you know, if I have, have kids in the future, that you know, like I think stereotypically the mom usually gets up, takes care of the kid in the middle of the night. Like I'm going to be such a light sleeper. That kid's going to cry. I'm going to be like, I'm already awake. Like I'll that get kid it. could literally, yeah, exactly. That kid could literally just turn over in its crib and I'll like hear the creak and be like my son and then like run over. <laughs> and- <laughs> Yo, whoever the mom is, will be able to sleep all throughout the night. Oh, it's just you should marry a heavy sleeper. And then Maybe. just make let your wife sleep, and then you take care of the child. Just yeah. advertise like, hey, whenever we have kids, you can sleep throughout. The- <laughs> She'll be like, <laughs> word. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I, I, I mean, I've I would not mind me being a stay at home dad. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, that's so cute. I would actually really enjoy that. I Does that mean that. I have to be a gold digger? Absolutely. That I but- can see that though. <laughs> I'd love it. Like I loved working. Let's go at a play daycare. catch in the front yard, Kyle. <laughs> Let's go, son. Let's play Frogger, but on the interstate. <laughs> nah, the kid would be very nice at Fortnite. Oh yeah. Oh, my kid would be like a soccer fiend who loves anime and is nice with the PS4, whatever they're gonna have out then. Like I'll still have the PS4, and I'll be like, it's vintage, son. And he's like, cool, I'm vintage. Because apparently my three-year-old has the lungs of a smoker. <laughs> yeah. It's vintage. It's vintage. It's vintage. But like, I, I genuinely can't wait to be a father, uh, to be a stay-at-home dad if that's the option. Uh, but also I know it's not popular to want a daughter because people are like, oh, it's so much work. But I would love to have a daughter. And I think most of it is from the curiosity of like, I wonder what a little hellion would be like running around that has like my personality, but is like, actually cute and like a little girl like she's gonna have all the power over me like i won't be able to say no like she's just gonna terrorize the kitchen and the mom's gonna come home and be like what is happening and i'll be like look at her isn't she so creative like look at the way she like throws these pots and pans around (laughs) (laughs) like look she's cooking oh she's so sweet she's gonna be our little drummer our little drummer girl She's the new Martha Stewart. Exactly. Well, and then my the wife is going to have to, like, when, if she wakes up in the middle of the night, she's going to be like, you're going to have to take care of this problem child because you're the one that lets her terrorize everything in this house. And I'm like, mm, you're right. That's fair. I've already been awake for 30 minutes. And then I'll just go and take care of the child. Or you just switch up at that moment. And you're like, so I got a full-time job. I got to go into the office. Good luck with that. <laughs> that would be so messed up, though. That would. Or just like because I'm so like awake all the time, I just like continue to roll over and act like I'm asleep. Just like, 
Oh, that's, that's just mean. <laughs> no, I don't think I would ever do that. Anyway, enough about my aspirations to to raise a, a little a little daughter. I'm just genuinely curious. Like I know she'd probably have my hair, so it'd be like super curly and cute. Little um, Johnette. No, it's cute. No. no, I can't think of it. I can't think of like a like a, a daughter's name like right off the top of my head. But yeah. I I think my favorite thing to talk about when people ask me questions like that is I think I'm like one of the first girls they will ever meet that's never thought about what they would name their kids all of my other female friends are like yeah I already know like my kids names and I'm like I don't want one I'm good and they're like you don't want a kid and I'm like no no I hate the patriot the patriarchy man crazy I hate kids I hate them Oh, they're abolished children. I just think that we should run with that. Uh, Why is that? I just don't like them. (laughs) Babies are weird. Babies are super weird and uh, don't not a huge like um, not a big maternal. I don't have any I don't have a mom bone in my body. Okay, like I don't have the the like you are my child, the beautiful birth of life. Like, ew, gross. No, Um, you're a weird little slimy thing. And when they grow up toddlers jerks <laughs> would want to say a meaner word but i'm not going to but they are jerks and knowing myself like john knows himself he's gonna raise a little crazy weirdo i'm gonna Good raise catch. a little crazy weirdo <laughs> i'm thank you all right welcome back to forgive me father today we're going to be talking about church friendships and what does it mean to have friendships within a church culture, how to find balance with friendships outside of the church culture, and to share different stories and advice just about what it's like for all three of us to grow up in church culture and have friends outside, to not grow up in a church culture, have friends inside, uh, and vice versa. And even for me, uh, being able to share this time with our guest, Alan Cottrell. What up? What up, what up, what up? And uh, Alan and I, this is a very special episode to me because when I left the church culture, Alan was one of the ones that still remained as close as as we were when I was in the church culture. And that may sound bad. We're going to kind of get into it. Why that may have been phrased maybe a little subliminally for myself, Um, because there are there are certain hard truths, like almost every episode that we have here about what is the top how does the topic kind of conflict with church culture bringing stuff to light um so i'm going to do my best to to really share honestly to ask alan honest questions uh and aj is just going to do her thing she's here for the she's here for the ride she's going to keep alan and i in line because uh what's all edited out is a ton of rambling is a ton (laughs) of tangents uh and aj is the glue uh, that is cutting and pasting us together to make this sounds worthwhile listening to. And like, it's not a, a two hour train wreck. I'm honestly, I honestly am convinced that you just hired me to be on this podcast so I could be your referee. <laughs> just like a chaperone. <laughs> just a sh- Yeah. I'm literally babysitting you. Cool. Cool. Well, probably, especially with this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and play with with Alan. Bye, mom. Take AJ with you. Like, mom. <laughs> hey, make sure he's home by ten. Mom. That's basically what's happening. Get in the car, John. 
Hey, exactly. I'll figure out a way how to uh, ditch AJ and then we can do our own thing. That's right. That's fine. I got a yeah. date in an hour. I'll just drop you off. Got time. <laughs> Love it. Don't I'm tell my mom that you left us. I mean, she left <laughs> us at the movie theater. <laughs> uh, I got you jumbo popcorn to keep your mouth shut. And now I'm hyper. And now I'm I'm not going to eat all this. Uh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so very clearly tangents galore but aj has been such a joy to to have on this podcast so far uh with her perspective uh and also keeping me and my guests in line uh when we do go off on tangents uh but for the guests who may not know alan why don't you give us a little bit of a background of you who you are where you from what you do as long as you love me I am Alan. Um, secretly, I am John's lover. Not, <laughs> um, but no romance. Yeah, bromance to the max. <laughs> but um, I currently live in the Northern Virginia area. Uh, I'm working as a in property management up here for the last three and a half, almost four years. Um, I mean, I, John and I know each other because we went to the same campus ministry. Uh, he, of course, was at Radford. I was at Virginia Tech. He was one of my, like, few first friends uh, coming, me going into college. And I can definitely talk about more about that later on. Yeah, I was uh, an OG. I want that on record. but um yeah i mean my my background with just uh the whole christianity religion info things like that i grew up in a family that did go to church um my family well we kind of so it's kind of weird i like saying that i am from northern virginia but some people will not allow me to say that because we moved to uh southwest virginia uh so like we always went to church and everything and when i left my family's house in southwest virginia like we were part of like this southern baptist um church and going in like um I couldn't really say that I was really behind like the whole following God and uh, being like, just like loving um, God and having that relationship with him. I just was like, cool. My family is doing this. So I need to uh, do it as well. Uh, And so when I met John was when I was kind of like figuring all that out on if I did want to really pursue having a relationship with God or kind of do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that through a whole series of like studies and things like that, I realized that I did want to have that relationship with God. So that was my freshman year of college. Um, It definitely was a change in a lot of different 
ways of how I viewed uh, Christianity and the way how um, I believe following Jesus really meant. And um, the church helped out a lot. That's kind of my background. Yeah. With the whole Christianity. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we almost bonded instantly. I was never, I don't know, like I, I always loved just like, at least in that culture, I'm naturally very introverted. Uh, I'm an outgoing introvert. But within that church culture, it's just, you're kind of told to like go out and meet new people and you're supposed to not evangelize, but you're supposed to, especially visitors who are coming in. If you're a leader within that, that campus ministry, it's kind of expected that you go out, you talk to all the new people, different stuff like that, uh, which is something that I did obviously. But I think naturally as human beings, we click with, with different people. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of times I would go talk to somebody and my roommate who also led within the Radford university ministry, we would meet somebody and they would hit it off. And I would just kind of, you know, like awkwardly sidestep my way out of the conversation. But Alan was one of those people that I just instantly clicked with. And I, I couldn't tell you what was our first like conversation piece. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had something to do with like just joking around. Uh, but you and I were, were, were pretty close uh, pretty quickly. And, and, that maintained like all throughout both of our times in college together. Yeah. I honestly think like the first, I don't even think it was about God that we were even talking about. I'm pretty sure it had something to do with anime. Um, had to have. <laughs> be, because when we first actually met, like I had introduced anime to someone and they were watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And I think that's how the whole friendship started because you you and um, the other friend were watching it and I was like, oh, dope. Like, I know this show. <laughs> Common ground. He's a nerd <laughs> just like me. I was like, friends, nerds like me. I don't have to be a closet anime nerd. Oh my word. You know, what's, you know, what's funny though. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but me and one of my roommates at the time, we used to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood a lot. And there was actually a group of, I think four of us at the time, but we were kind of closet anime nerds to where we would call it. We're reading. We would say we're reading a book together. We would call it basically like a book club and each episode we called a chapter. And so it was late at night. Like we'd all be doing, everyone in the campus ministry would be like doing homework together in a student lounge. And me and my roommate would just kind of look at each other and we kind of like nod and we'd say, hey, uh, him and I are going to go read a chapter together uh, before bed. So we'll catch you guys later. And they'd be like, oh yeah, like good night, like have fun reading. Like that's so cool that you guys read before bed. And then we'd go watch like three episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And we'd be like, yeah, we read three chapters last night. It was really cool. Like we just really hope that nobody asked us any questions about what we were reading. Because <laughs> we had no did. answer. We didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> oh my. I did. If I was there, I would have been right there with you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but even even with like anime, but then our church played flag football. So you and I very much connected on that, lifting weights. Um almost anything. Like you and I, you and I had a lot in common. Um and then we and it was also always... kind of lived near each other. So like 
after that first semester, I would just go up to your house and play Nerf. We would just go in your basement, play Nerf guns. Yeah. Even though I was deathly allergic to your cats. (laughs) You were. You were. I remember that. I I always remember feeling bad because I was like, all right, let's hang out. But I remember you were always super allergic. So I tried to like make sure they were outside and stuff. But, you know, cat fur and, and whatnot. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. we were yeah, we were close mm-hmm. like all throughout that time. Um, we stayed pretty close. And I think what's interesting is that within a church culture, kind of diving straight into it, uh, with friendships, is that there's there's a lot of stories in the Bible that talk about great friendships. You have like Jonathan and David, and then even people like to draw a ton of lines that John, the apostle John was the closest one to Jesus because in the gospel of John, he's always referred to as the one Jesus loved. Um, and then acts two, which was for our church, a very big community type scripture always talked about the believers having everything in common. Let me pull that up real quick. Going to edit this out because I hate weird pauses. <laughs> okay. So kind of the standard was Acts 2 and verse 42 saying they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. And that was always, and and maybe Alan, you can attest to this and give me your thoughts on maybe some other scriptures or things like that. But that was like one of the biggest scriptures when we always talked about togetherness and unity and friendship within the church. It was always, we always meet together. We have everything in common. And that was almost the the standard of, 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 of a friendship within church uh, within christianity almost yeah i mean anytime we talked about like make sure that you're together it was acts two that we kind of go to a lot or especially like the closeness uh where is it at being equally yoked mm-hmm. first corinthians um, yep first corinthians like that also was used a whole lot um with just like who are you hanging out with a lot? Like, is it with the people in the church or are you hanging out with a lot of um, people who are not inside of like our movement? Yeah. I mean, and sorry, correction. It's second Corinthians six uh, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? I assume that's a demon or what does a believer have in common with a, an unbeliever? And you're right. Like that was very much the standard. Uh, and from your experience even now, but maybe when we were together in a campus ministry, what would you say were kind of like the, the rules or maybe even like the parameters or maybe not even that specific, but like the vibe of friendships, like what do you think was expected? How would you explain that to somebody? Or how would you define the friendships we had together? Um, With the friendships, it was one, like being very vulnerable. 
mm-hmm. with each other. Like if that wasn't really happening, then like it it's almost as if like, hey, like what's wrong with you? Like why what is wrong? What in what ways are you sinning for you to not like be vulnerable to uh someone at like this time? Uh and I feel like a lot of uh where is it making sure that like you're not um having issues with each other. Oh. Um making sure you're not having issues with each other. Bible trivia. Recon recon reconcile with each other. Reconciliation? Yes. I'm pretty sure that's 2 Corinthians 5. That's, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5 talks about being Christ's ambassadors. That's where they say reconcile like five times within three verses. I don't know if if that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But there's also uh, Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is preaching a bunch of lessons. uh, And he talks about forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you. And he says, like, if you don't forgive one another, then your father in heaven won't forgive you. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Nope. I'm drawing a blank on it (laughs) completely. But like, if there, if someone was not like being really vulnerable, it's almost always assumed that something is wrong Mm -hmm. at that time. And it was immediately like, all right, we need to figure out what, what in your heart is making you feel that feel that way to not be vulnerable and sometimes it could just be like i really just like i don't want to be vulnerable right now like i just want to just hang out you know yeah and other things with friendships um especially with being close like who are you like are you spending a lot of time with them and in college like it could be a lot because <laughs> like you're it's like if you're not in if you're not in class then you're almost always expected to like be with some other like christian or disciple mm-hmm. if you were with someone else that was not part of it like you could get talked to like hey you're spending a lot of time with this person yeah so it's like that expectation that the church group of people have the mass majority of your time yeah for sure and i think going along with acts 2 there's nothing necessarily wrong with meeting together you know we always did i know at virginia tech we always did homework in the first floor of the library that's where a lot of times was the spot people would yeah people would would meet up hang out back in my first few years at radford we always met in the student center. That's back when the Starbucks was in the student center. So we would always meet in the Starbucks because there was always somebody that was a part of our ministry working at that Starbucks at the time. So we would always congregate in there. And so there's a lot of good that comes through those friendships. Cause like you said, like there is great vulnerability and I think that could be incredibly healthy, but there's also kind of this, at least from my end, maybe it's looking back on it that has affected this, but I think I even felt it when I was in the church, but there was almost like an unhealthy expectation to be vulnerable with everyone. Like you had to be best friends with every single person. 
And I think as humans, we just don't naturally click with everybody. But I remember feeling like I had to be best friends with this person that I had nothing in common with other than Christ. And to love one another, that's all you need within a church is the love of God, to love Christ, to strive to be like him. That's fine. But I did feel like there was this pressure of like, no, I have to actually have this person be my best friend. And having Christ in common necessarily like wasn't enough. Did you ever feel or do you ever feel since you're still in the church as well? Do you ever feel like any unhealthy pressures of friendship or anything like that? Uh, I don't think not so much now, but Mm -hmm. like before, if like someone noticed that I wasn't really talking to someone a whole lot, then yeah, like they'll come up and be like, hey, why don't you try and like get to know this other person, uh, Mm -hmm. talk to them a lot more than what you kind of have in the in the past and like just like deny yourself (laughs) and yes and do what jesus would do and get to know like all your brothers and sisters so i definitely felt it from time to time Mm -hmm. and i would try so hard to connect to someone and i'm like i can't vibe with you like i'm naturally awkward yeah same <laughs> same yeah, like, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> i know because i can relate and we're, we're really good friends yes like i will keep something awkward if i can't figure out how to connect to you in some sort of way yeah and i'll stay doing that <laughs> oh same and same. then i'm like all right cool it's time to go i tried i can't talk to you <laughs> yeah oh for sure i mean like i i'll keep pleasantries but you know there'll be the good old christian side hug and then hey how's your day going and then i'm out because i literally just can't connect with you and i think even within the campus ministry being authentic was such a big like hill that i would die on to where if i felt like i was faking a friendship with somebody i would like look for a way out of that conversation and connect with somebody that i felt more genuine with it didn't mean that i love them any less it just meant Mm -hmm. like my guy i cannot hold a conversation with you i need to come back i need to regroup (laughs) exactly from there like Like, i need to go it happens all the time in property management like Mm -hmm. you get everyone and you have to sit there and talk and have and try and build a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And some people, I'm, I'm, I get angry and I'm like, look, I'm awkward. Stop being more awkward than me. Like mm-hmm. this can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's how I felt. Like, yeah, then, yeah, I was like, I can't, like, I need to go somewhere else. And come no, back. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, there were, there were definitely people that I vibed with more. Uh, in my greatest friendships within the church were people that were very similar to me, like you, like we were just awkward. We loved anime. Like we thought we were athletic. So we would try playing basketball and football, like all this different stuff. Uh, and it was never like, I remember some of my most healthy friendships. I look back fondly on them. You know, there were a ton of them that I knew that I could be vulnerable with at any time. Uh, and I know for myself, a great sign of friendship is that we don't have to waste time with small talk. Like, I know that if you ask me how I'm doing, like, even if you and I are playing Fortnite at the time, like, I know I can genuinely tell you that my day has been rough or things aren't going well or whatever it is. And you're willing to listen to that. You know, it's not just 
you're expecting a good and then I ask you and you say good and then we get back to gaming Game. you know there's a yeah. very sincere depth uh, to our friendship and most of my friendships in the church that were amazing uh, really had that both spiritually like talking about how are we going to grow closer to Jesus how are we going to grow closer as a ministry how are we going to grow in general uh, but also just as as humans as well like you and I could talk about anime or sports for hours on end and uh, that was the marking of a really great friendship for me. Um, but for you, like, what are some of your, like, what are some of the traits of some great friendships that you have within church culture? Yeah. So um, growing up, like, I feel like I could have had a, one. I don't think I really had a lot of deep, great friendships. And a lot of it had to do with me and being insecure in like who I was as a person. And in my mindset, like I always constantly was thinking this person wants to interact with me because they want something to some degree and then it will be it. Um, Or, oh, it's because I am related to this specific person. Uh, that they're talking to me at this time. And this is all throughout like high school and starting like college. And um, one of the things that I really like value is that I want people to feel heard and I want people to feel like they have a value uh, whenever they do interact with me. So like quality time. I'm all about the one-on-ones. It can be over Zoom. It could be uh, going, literally just walking around, or it could be like getting food because I am a huge food junkie. I will gladly go get some food with someone and just sit there and talk. Uh, Another thing is that like, I have to feel like you actually are invested in the relationship in some sort of way. Like it's not just me trying to initiate all the time in getting together. Uh, So those are the two like biggest things that I kind of look for when I start feeling closer to people. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find like, when you are able to have those type of that, that depth within friendship, once you're able to have that, do you feel like it's easier to kind of open up about things in terms of church culture, like sin or being vulnerable about how you're doing spiritually or just different things like that? For sure. I mean, it's when I feel like that is like fulfilled then I know like this person will keep up with what it is that I tell them. Like they're not going to ask me about it and then not follow up until Mm -hmm. like half a year later or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I know the next time I see them, they're going to ask me like, how did this go in the past week? And I am forced for lack of better terms to like really talk about that. 
Um, Cause I just know for me, like I, I um, want to be heard and I want to be understood. Um, but like, it takes a lot. Like I'm introverted. I don't want to sit and talk about all these deep things with people who are not going to like follow up with me and ask and forget about it and then be like oh we talked about this like remind me of blah blah, blah. and I'm like dude like I already uh, like told you all this I already was very vulnerable I already like my heart is already out there <laughs> and you're treating it like it's nothing like special yeah you know? yeah. yeah I mean to create deep friendships in or outside of a church culture, it takes effort. You know, you be able, you have to be able to see effort to get effort. Like we're just humans. I think a lot of us, even the ones of us who who consider ourselves givers, like we still have to see some type of reciprocation before we give more. You know, and I think within a church culture, there is a expectation to be vulnerable about the sins that you're struggling with. If you're struggling with pride or arrogance, sexual impurity, any of that stuff, the expectation, at least for the church that we were a part of, was that you confess that, James 5, 16, confess to one another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. That was the expectation, not just in the culture, but also the Bible. But to get to that level, great friendships have to be forged within that as well. Like that trust that David and Jonathan had in the Bible didn't come overnight. You know, it was, it was seeing that effort time and time again. Uh, and it reminds me of Ecclesiastes four verse nine, where it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And I think friendships within the church are super helpful. They're fantastic. They're great for spiritual growth. Uh, but I think Alan really does have a good point that that there does have to be like effort towards that friendship. You can't just be like, you love Jesus. I love Jesus. Here's the depths of my soul. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not that easy, you know, because we're humans at the end of the day. And, and I think part of showing Christ's love and to help grow together with Christ is is to show that effort. Uh, as well i also think of like proverbs 27 uh 17 as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another yep. like it's going to take more than just yourself to like shape to be shaped in the way that like god wants you to be shaped in mm -hmm. the bible's like uh, standards and understandings when you read it. Yeah, for sure. And I want to be able to, to jump into three different parts in this podcast in terms of friendships and how it relates to church culture. So we have friendships within the church. Uh, the second part that I want to touch on is like friendships with people outside the church. And then three is a little more personal uh, to our church culture. Cause I think it's something that's very important and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but for you, AJ, what is kind of being someone who has, who was not raised in a church culture, what comes to mind when you think of a church group 
like how they act towards each other like how are like how how do you define those friendships like what do you envision if you were to like film it if that makes sense it's kind of offensive uh yeah <laughs> it's kind of give i'm us, not gonna lie to you it's kind of offensive give us give us the stereotypes keep give us the clean edit but um, <laughs> give us give us your honest thoughts because i think people who are who grew up outside of cultures have ideas of what people inside those cultures behave like there there are naturally stereotypes yeah the there okay so i went to a public school so i met people from all over the town um and i've <laughs> all over town and i i've i saw that it, it depends on the severity of it so in the most extreme cases where it's like how you guys are saying where they're like you can only hang out with the other people in your group and that's that whatever mm-hmm. it gave me mad culty vibes i'm not even gonna lie it just sure. felt like i'm like what you're you're not even going to give anybody a chance just because of this one thing that you got we don't have in common and they're like no i'm like okay okay that's fine um it just (laughs) felt it just felt very much like that's so mean it's just it it, they act like they're brainwashed especially the ones that i've seen in my like in my school or whatever anywhere i've been they they're like already like it's like pre-scripted everything that they say they already know what they're gonna say it's like i don't know how to describe it but if that makes any sense but they just like are on point they're pre-scripted and they talk about the same things all the time they don't branch out of their little social circle at all and that's that point blank period um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that that tracks with the scriptures that we've already mentioned, like Acts yeah. two, the believers had everything in common. Second uh, Corinthians six, don't be unyoked with unbelievers. Uh, I think the way that it can be presented is like, oh, these these other people don't have Christ in common with us, then who, you know? And then I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but First Corinthians fifteen thirty three, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, And so a lot mm-hmm. of church cultures mm-hmm. will believe that even Alan and I's church culture would believe that and we're going to get into this later, that if you were with people who are outside of the church culture too long, your own piety and your own good Christian will is being tainted. And sometimes the leaders would say whether or not you know what's happening to you. So a lot of times people within church cultures do do very much stick to themselves. But what else? What else comes to what else comes to mind? Um, that mainly, um, uh, they were also the ones that I've met again. I'm not saying not all Christians. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not all Christians. Um, uh, the ones that I've met in my life, they're the, the, I've met, I had one Christian friend in high school, like the suit, like a super Christian friend. And I don't know why she was my friend. I was not good in high school. Um, but she was always super accepting of everything that I did and never made me feel bad for any decision I ever made. I met her parents. Her parents liked me. Uh, I went to prom with her uh, and stuff. Like we went together as friends and a couple of other, a couple of other girls came with um, and it was like, great. And I was like, well, where are the rest of y'all? Cause <laughs> the last, <laughs> cause people out here, they I get like I would get the looks like I don't like you know the Christian judgmental like white woman look that's like yes you know? yeah. mm. like, like almost like, like a Christian Karen yeah yeah they're everywhere um 
Don't yes. know why. I was always the target <laughs> for that. Um, okay, thanks. But it's just mainly it was they 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 uh, exuded almost entitlement to me. Like yeah. they thought they were superior to everyone because of their beliefs, um, which always put me off on ever even wanting to learn about Christianity in the first place. Because I'm like, okay, you guys all seem like jerks. So frankly, yeah. I'm no thanks. Um, <laughs> but like, there are different. Like, there have been so many Christians since that point that have I've met that are like super awesome, and they're like, yeah. no, not everyone's like that. I know that there's some out there, and they suck, but you know, we're, some of us are cool. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So now I'm on that boat with y'all, but I have met so many that just like, I can't even, it's mainly the word entitlement that I'm looking for is they just like act like they're, they're pompous, pompous. That's the word. There you go. Pompous. They're just walking around like Jesus loves me and not you. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it works, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's, a, that's big in a lot of traditional churches. Uh, especially in the South, is that you will see a lot of people who think, I have Jesus, I have eternity on my side, I have the creator of the universe with me. Um, anything that you say or do is wrong, including wearing a mask. But that's another topic. Yeah. So. yeah. Did, I, did I ever tell you the story of one time I was at work and I got tipped a mini Bible? Oh, I've I've been given a, a Bible and a uh, a Romans Road pamphlet I uh, literally drive through. I sat there and I was like, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, this isn't going to pay for my car. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trying to spread the message and whatever, but I need like $3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even when I was still in the church culture and I was working at a coffee shop, I remember somebody handed me like a mini Bible or a Romans or a pamphlet. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand that Jesus will make a way, but this is not the way to help me get rent taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I think something that was That's great. That's that whole, like, there's a time and place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they said the time is now. Thank you for my frappuccino. Here is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus loves vanilla bean. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus for caffeine. Jesus for caffeine. Yep, that's the one. Oh man, um, I'm gonna I get think... that. I'm gonna put that on my car now. Yeah, put it on a bumper sticker. I'm sure it already. <laughs> is. Uh, I think was something that was nice was that, at least from my memories, and I'm 99% confident when I say this is that we, in the church culture that I was a part of, the church that I was a part in Roanoke, we didn't have any church Karens. Most people were very nice. Most people were very down to earth. I think we were so conditioned to think like we are Christ ambassadors, second Corinthians five. We are fishers of men. Mark one. We have been given the great commission to make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28. Uh, and we really believe that we had the, the good news of salvation. And it wasn't like, <laughs> you better get on track or you're going to hell. It was kind of like, we had this, almost maybe not even almost but it was this care of like yeah i know what i'm being saved from from a christian perspective i understand the hell the sin that i've been saved from let me help you be saved as well and it was this this very good natured uh approach to people outside the church but i want to ask you this question aj and then pass it over to you alan to kind of give a follow-up but 
what are some memories that you have or maybe some concepts or themes that come to mind when you think of like someone who is in church just interacting with you. Maybe they're inviting you out to church, but maybe it's just like a good old Christian boy who's like, Hey, how's it going? And they're just like super chipper. Like what are some, uh, what are some memories you have of somebody outside of the church being interacted with somebody who is inside a church? Uh, uh, I love, I love the preface. I love the, the, (laughs) and then you (laughs) go into it. I just, like, do you do you mean like me interacting with someone within the church or someone I know interacting with someone in the church? Uh, either or. I think really getting a perspective of someone who is outside the church. What is it like from your perspective uh, being either reached out to or even just spoken with by somebody who is in the church culture? So I actually have taken up offers before. Uh, I've been offered to go to church and I have. Um, mm-hmm. just because I was like, sure, why not? Uh, the first time I ever went was actually when I was like eight and my neighbor and her mom came to my house and was like, and talked to my mom and my, and was like, can we take her to church? Like, she just wants to see, to see how it goes. <laughs> my mom started laughing. She was like, you know what? Go ahead. So the very first memory, <laughs> my mom was like, go ahead. By the way, just to, if anybody didn't listen to my episode, I grew up Muslim. So that was a really funny my mom was just like sure I don't she's eight like I don't care um so I go to church the very first time eight years old and it was so fun because it was little kid church and they just played yep. like jam and music and it was like lights everywhere and I was like this like this is kind of dope um, oh yeah oh yeah I remember <laughs> I was like this is what you all do on Sundays mom can I go every Sunday that would be sick she was like, no. um but as I grew older I had friends who offered to take me to church. Um, I went to Bible study a couple times in high school uh, with my friend who is the super Christian one, my only friend. I went, mm. I had no idea what was going on. And the women there actually were actually pretty nice while I was there. They were just kind of like, we know you probably like, don't have any clue what's what we're talking about, but it's okay. We'll explain it to you. Um, mm. But there were times where I, it was like not a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this one girl in school she she comes up to me and she goes so like are you emo or something and I was like well I was in my emo phase okay and I was just sitting there like first of all lower your voice first of all this is a Wendy's (laughs) quiet down um this girl comes up to me and she goes are you emo and I was like oh I guess (laughs) I don't know and she goes do you like self-harm and like she was asking me really personal questions and I was like uh no what's your problem dude and then she was like I was just wondering like what sins you're up to or whatever she said I don't know and I was like and I was like uh get out of my face I had anger issues back then I was like get out of my face the (laughs) next day she comes up to me at the same like same time but the next day and she hands me a bible and she's like I hope Jesus helps you out a little bit and I, I got so mad. <laughs> I got so mad because the the only reason why she did that was because I did not look like her and I did not act like yeah. her and I did not talk like her and she didn't like that and she wanted to change me. Yeah. Into her vision because she thought that was better. And I, that annoyed the bejeebus out of me. I was so, like, at, from that point on, I think I was probably like 14 when that happened. At 14, I was like, 
I hate all of you. Yeah. And, <laughs> that, and from that point forward, but like, obviously it's changed, but that's the worst experience that I've ever had. Um, my friends though, they've, they either all have grown up Christian or still are. So I'm the mm. only outlier here. Cause I'm the only one that's foreign and not a Southern Jesus lover. Uh, so <laughs> mainly me. <laughs> but that was probably the worst one that I've ever experienced. I was like, "You're a jerkathon." Um, yeah, yeah. High school, high school hardcore Christians are always the worst, which yeah. is terrible because they leave such a lasting impression that it could ruin the idea of religion for someone for for years to come. Yeah, and it did. I was like, "You got okay." I don't even want to like even think about that anymore. No thanks. I'm good. Um, yeah. Now I'm now I'm in a bad mood when I think about her. <laughs> now I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds terrible okay so on the on the other side of the coin alan uh and you and i can kind of attest to this but i want to get your thoughts so we have bible discussions right for the yeah. listeners who are part of the church that alan and i uh that i attended that alan is still a part of you know what bible talks are they're bible discussions they're a set time 30 minutes usually usually on a weekend night if you're outside of college a weekday night if you're in college and it's a very big event not in in the way we do it but in terms of get visitors to bible discussions that is the that is the top mission with with bible discussions uh so from your end alan what does it look like trying to create friendships with people who maybe no, don't know a lot about god but maybe also aren't a part of your church culture. What was kind of your, the, uh, the church's kind of like mission with building friendships with people outside the church. Uh, so I feel like I had two different phases. So of course, when I first like started really being a part of like our movement, when we were there together in college, I was very like, awesome. I'm this newly dedicated Christian and I'm going to go all out and I'm going to have the most visitors out here. Mm-hmm. And I would just like go out and blitz around and trying to get people to like come out. Uh, some of the people I really, I would instantly kind of click with and I would know their names some of them I like kind of have to reintroduce myself when they did eventually come to like the bible discussions mm-hmm. and uh like after that first initial like bible to talk or bible discussion like I that was when I really tried to like get to know them as a person um which sounds pretty bad when I like think about it. Uh, but that was just the mentality that I had like first kind of going in yep. and that happened for a little while for me. Um, the thing that kind of changed that was this one guy who I really thought that we were getting like pretty close Um he decided to not like come around anymore. And he basically essentially told me like, Hey, like you seem like a cool guy and everything, but it seems like I'm a 
number to you. And that like struck, like that struck me. I was like, oh, wow. Like I, like, I'm not saying like everyone in our movement was doing that, but like for me specifically, like I essentially became the person who I didn't really care for in that I was, me personally was treating people as if they were a number and I don't want that. Like I want to feel, make people feel like I really care about them. Yeah. Um, that I do like hear them and where they're at. Um, so that changed for me. Like um, it was more of like, hey, this is like who I am. Like, who are you? You know, yeah. if you want to come out to these things, like, cool. Like you can definitely do so. Like we can still kind of hang out and do all these other things. Um, and when I really started doing that, I felt like I kind of became an outlier because like I worked for a banquet hall uh, at the VTN. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, and with that, like I, me, I felt like I, my friendships with people like expanded like crazy. Like I, I went from just having friendships inside of our little campus ministry to like oh I have now friendships like with people who want nothing to do with the church and they know exactly who I am and it's okay you know yeah yeah for sure and I mean I can be honest when we were in the campus ministry and I think the family of churches is getting better from what I've heard but and AJ, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on these uh, real quick. But speaking as a leader within the campus ministry, friendships with people outside the church was almost always so we could get them within the church. First Corinthians 9 talks about becoming all things to all men to win a few. And we were told in that campus ministry that we were a part of together we had minimal time to make a maximum impact. So we were told when you reach out to people, get them out to events, get them studying the Bible, try to get them to understand what does it mean to have a relationship with God. And sometimes this was explicitly said, and sometimes it was implied that if they weren't interested in getting to know God and being a part of our culture, then you kind of minimize your time with them. So you can focus on people who are interested in getting to know God. And I had a lot of people like you, Alan, that came to me and they said, Hey, I'm just a number to you. You're just, you only ask to hang out when we're going to devotional. You only hit me up on Saturday night when we're talking about going to church on Sunday. Like we never go play pool. Like we used to when I first started coming out. And now that I'm not coming out anymore, I never hear from you. And that was just the culture that we were a part of. I think it was a very shallow way of handling things. And I think there were people, there are people who are much like you, Alan, that genuinely care, who want to have a relationship with people outside the church, who go outside of the boundary of like, oh, we don't have anything in common, but that doesn't mean I have to stop showing you Christ's love. But within the culture we had back then, you were an outlier. 
so to speak. Nobody was like, Alan's not doing well spiritually because he's friends with people outside the church. But it was kind of this tone of like, if you're not inviting somebody out to church, if you're not trying to get them in the waters of baptism, we don't really focus on them anymore. Which honestly, I that's not that's not friendship. <laughs> I I profoundly regret mm-hmm. the way I behaved. Uh and I think I executed things poorly. I think it's something that the church culture is very much working on now from the things that I have heard and the conversations that I have had. But part of this podcast is to is to have these tough talks. And so if you're listening and you're part of a church culture, friendships don't stop just because somebody stops coming out to church. And we're going to dive even more into certain church cultures uh, and friendships with people outside the church in a second. But uh, AJ and Alan, I want to get kind of get your thoughts on on that aspect of friendships. I agree that it's it's a uh, it's not a authentic friendship, but it's more so just not an authentic relationship with God to yourself. Mm. Um, and it's not an authentic relationship with your church, if that's your main motive. It, it's more so proof to people who are looking on the outside that church and church organizations have strayed very far from its original purpose. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that some of them are working on it, but that's, that's what we see look from the outside looking in is that, that people within those kinds of intense cultures aren't there for the authenticity of God and their scriptures and their studies and their relationships. It's just about appearances and it's just about numbers and it's just about money. And it's just about monopolizing everything to be Christianity and whatever. So I just, that was honestly one of the main reasons why I never wanted to even give it a thought is, and, or even hear someone out um because of that i'm just like it's just not it's not real you guys yeah. are really losing the main focus right now <laughs> it's clear um but if like you said they're working on it which is great um cuz i think i honestly think everyone does have good intentions i feel like especially like with alan like he came into it was like yeah this is going to be great but a lot of people fall victim to that mentality if you're surrounded by it and i think that's the entire point like they're they're like planning on like isolating you to get that mentality in your brain to then go do it to everyone else. Like it's just a, it's a domino effect. Yeah. And and I will say it, it was very good intentioned. I'm not taking that away, like saying, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, but, but as we've said many times on this podcast is that good intentions don't take away from the poor and toxic executions. We, we have to own how it comes across because I remember thinking like, I need to, you know, spread the good gospel to everybody that I can while I'm on this campus. Uh, and if they're not interested, that's fine if they're not interested. But, you know, I have we, we, we should find people that are interested in it because these people, you know, people got to be saved. People got to come to come to know God. Um, but, yeah, the execution a lot of times was very lacking, even though the intention was good. Yeah. Alan, want to get your thoughts on that real quick uh, before we move on to something else? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some friendships or some people who I've like 
interacted with and no longer interact with because of the behavior that I kind of had that I do regret like like having that like expectation of oh I'm a number two Alan because um, yeah. I feel like I will I actually have lost out on some pretty great friendships if I didn't ha- like behave in that way mm-hmm. um and well a scripture that I kind of really fall behind which is like quoted a ton is Matthew 22 uh 37 yeah where it just talks about like love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbors as your as yourself um and I personally think that there are two ways how people could like interpret that like there's the way that oh I'm me Alan is a Christian so if I'm going to love my like other people's as myself then I need to treat other people with that expectation of they are a Christian and they will go to hell if x y and z is not happening and they don't become part of the church or you could look at it as like loving yourself in like the ways how you would kind of take care of you like it's not just like my relationship with god like mm-hmm. i i take care of myself by i need downtime so I'm going to play video games or I just need to be myself and read or I just need someone to talk to and have like fun. Like I don't need to have deep talks all the time. And that's loving myself. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at it more than just like God, 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 every moment of the day. Um and that really has motivated me after like that interaction with that one guy. Um, Cause I'm like, okay, if I'm going to love you as myself, like, cool. Right now, it seems like you are really down and you just need someone to hang out and have fun, joke around. Um, or like you and I, sometimes we do have the, the deeper talks. Like it just, naturally happens so it's it's look to me it's looking at like the bigger picture and not just like here's the agenda of loving john by getting him to become a christian by doing boom 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 yeah and then boom i've taken care of you as i would myself yeah Yeah, for sure. I think there is, I mean, and and this kind of goes, this, this will go into what we're talking about next, but to love as Christ loves means unconditional love, not just when they're attending church, not just when they're at a Bible discussion, not just when they have a cross necklace or a Jesus fish bumper sticker, you know, it's (laughs) Christ's love doesn't, 
Christ's love is unconditional. So if something happens, which is a condition, if you stop loving them based on that, it's no longer Christ's unconditional love. And I'm going to jump into this real quick and I'm going to try to keep my responses short as well. Uh, one, because of time, but also two, I can probably get on a soapbox if I wanted to with this. Mm-hmm. Um, one topic that is very important to me and very important to people that I know that have left the church culture, Alan, and this is something that you are so good at from my own personal experience and from the experience that I have talking to other people. So this is one of the main reasons I wanted you on the podcast. The church culture that I was a part of, that you are still in, if I can be very honest, has a reputation of not loving the people who choose to walk away from God. When I left the church, I had people stop conversations with me point blank. Or a lot of those conversations that I would have with them, I thought I could still be like, hey, how's it going? How's school? How's work? How's all this different stuff? And a lot of their conversations were, yeah, everything is fine, but how is your soul doing? Because now you're choosing hell and Satan. And that was the immediate flip. These people that I grew up with, I spent, I want to say, seven years in the church, eight and a half years around the church. I had some friendships that lasted all eight of those years. And it hurt so much to have my friendship with them flip because I chose not to uh, attend church anymore. Alan, you were one of only maybe three people that still stayed in contact with me after I left church. And one, that means a lot because we were real friends. (laughs) That proves to me that like your love didn't end or your love wasn't part of some agenda. You and I weren't friends all eight years, but by the way you've loved me on past me leaving in 2018, I have felt more of Christ's love for you in my time outside of the church than maybe I felt with people all eight years when I was in the church. Because now that you and I no longer have Christ in common, I really can't see Christ's unconditional love. For you, what is your motivation, spiritual conviction, whatever it is, what helps you and drives you to continue to show love towards someone who has been a part of a church culture and then walked away when the rest of the church culture says, oh, they don't want this anymore. They're turning their life over to Satan. We don't talk to them because bad company corrupts good character. Ooh, okay. So um, for me, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, like I want me personally, I want people to feel valued. I want people to feel like I can be a safe place for them. And that means like if someone is going to have a completely different viewpoint from me, like I still have to be willing to be there for them as I would with someone who's still in the church. Um, And when I look at the Bible, 
Jesus on multiple occasions have been accused of hanging out with sinners way too much. Yeah. Um, like the Pharisees were like, hey, like Jesus is like eating with all these tax collectors. Why is that? Like he's a rabbi. He shouldn't be doing that. Uh, I also think of um, Jesus with the woman at the well. Like mm -hmm. he basically just sat there and um, called her what like she was and was like, hey, I still love you. Like, even though you are all these things. And they go, she goes back and talks about like the fact that Jesus did what he did towards her and she didn't mm -hmm. feel judged or anything like that. Um, I think of uh, the woman who like put oil on Jesus and she was known to be a prostitute. And Jesus is like, hey, like it's, fine like she's doing a good thing right now uh and if jesus in my eyes is able to do that and still love and accept people for who they are like i should be doing the same like yeah. there is no other expectation that i should have if someone is in the church or not in the church they should be themselves I'm not the one that is going to change someone to be a Christian or following God or Jesus. Like that's between God and that person. I can be there for them and I can share like what I believe from the Bible and things like that. But like, ultimately, like it's your relationship with God. So you and God need to figure it out. Um, and that was my mindset when you told me that you left like the church, like, I was like, okay, cool. Am I going to completely not talk to you or am I still going to fight for this friendship? Yeah. And unfortunately, like I have seen a lot of close friendships with people who were part of the church and they end up not talking to them and uh, and to me like that hurts like that's I feel a like a certain type of way when things like that happens I'm like you guys were close like you were you were talking you were doing all these things and it wasn't like just about God like yes that was probably the cornerstone and like a big important part to the relationship but you had the other things outside of that yeah now us keeping in contact that's a whole different story because like <laughs> I'm terrible with keeping up with people in general my own family yeah, yeah. is like dude you need to call us more often <laughs> <laughs> my mom does the same thing but like my mindset was like, I want to keep up with him. Like yeah. it's, it's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of work. Like you were down in Rona, you were down in Blacksburg at the time I was up here in fair in Fairfax. Yeah. So 
I was doing my thing with property management and you were doing your own thing with school and Starbucks. And then you eventually moved down to Charlotte and it takes time and, and effort yeah. to maintain those relationships. I also think of like two other friends, mutual friends that we have. And we practically every Wednesday, we watch anime nights. Like, I still enjoy those times with you guys. Like, we, I still, like, practically act the same as I would any other time before that. And it's fine. Like, it's yeah. not... I still don't feel like I have to feel be pressured to, like, be a certain way to, like, make you come back to be a Christian or whatever. Like, that's between you and God. Like, we can still do what we've been doing any other times, and it feels normal. No, that's huge. I think, obviously, for some people who leave the church culture, they don't want anything to do with church people, whether it's because of anger, bitterness, trauma, hurt, all of that stuff. If they don't want contact with you, that's fine. They'll make that clear. But for me, I wanted friendship still. My choice to leave the church culture had nothing to do with me wanting to pursue a life of sin. It was because I didn't feel genuine in my relationship with God. And I wasn't going to try to, you know, half-heartedly go through the motions when I knew that God wanted all of me. You, you shared the scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. I felt like I couldn't do that. Revelation 3 talks about uh, if you were lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. God says, I'd rather wish you were hot or cold. Basically pick one. I chose one because I knew I couldn't have an authentic faith. I still wanted friends. And real quick, I want to get your advice, Alan, for, for people who are in a church culture. What is your advice to them on how to love people and how to have friendships with people outside of the church? Um, first, like you have to accept the person for who they are. And by you accepting them, they should respect you and your beliefs as well. Like it's fine to have differences and still have friendships with each other. Um, I, I believe that you can't just be all about having a relationship with God. Um, you're okay. It's okay to like do things outside of what like you normally would do with people who are inside of the church. Um, mm -hmm. I think for people who are in the, inside of a church, uh, have some sort of religion, you have to have boundaries, like whatever you are okay, whatever makes you who you are, protect that. Yeah. Like if they, if someone wants to do something that is completely like against what you believe, it's okay to tell them like, hey, I don't want to do this and you can explain why. And it's still okay. 
you know? Yeah, for sure. You can be like, hey, I won't do this, but let's do this instead or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and those are amazing points because I curse and you don't. That's fine. Cursing doesn't bother you, so you've never told me to stop. But you know that I would if you asked me to because I understand what it's like to be in a church culture. I know what the scriptures say about don't be a stumbling block to anybody. You know, first Corinthians talks about like Paul says, if me eating meat causes somebody to sin, then I'll never eat meat again a day in my life. I still have that with you. You know, do I sometimes drink too much when we play video games? Sure. But I never once tell you, why aren't you drinking with me? You know, it's a level of respect. And I think if you're someone who claims to follow God, and you claim to have friendships outside the church. And even above that, if you claim to have Christ's love, it's really important when considering friendships with other people inside the church, outside the church, and especially with people who have left the church. Matthew 5 verse 46 says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your father is perfect. And even before that, he says, love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Go out of your way to love people. If you, are, if you only love those who love you, if you only are friends with those in the church culture that you're a part of, sure, you're showing Christ's love to an extent, but the world, are supposed, the world is supposed to know who you are by Christ's love. And that means showing Christ's love to the world, not conditional love, not, Hey, come join my Bible discussion, love, not, Hey, are you emo? Because you kind of look like you self harm. Here's a Bible type of love. <laughs> Cause first of all, that's not love. <laughs> no, that is. <laughs> let, me, let me make that very clear. That is not love. You can think that's tough love, but that is something that Jesus would not do keep because there is zero understanding behind that. Yeah. Keep in mind. We were not friends. This girl, I've never spoken to her. Yeah. See, don't Crazy. do that. Don't, don't do, do that. It. Don't do it. If you're in high school, if you're listening to this, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> There's other ways to show Christ's love because that was not Christ's love. Mm-mm. Anyway, it's really important to make sure that your love does not is not confined to a church group or church buildings. Because Christ went out, he drank. No, he didn't drink, but he was with <laughs> sinners. He was with the sick. He loved those who weren't of the same mindset as him. And that's how he won people over. And I think that's really important. Uh, So we got a little bit deep, got a little bit heavy, but I think it's all really good stuff. Alan, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you because we talk four, five times a week. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't stopped talking uh, since I left the church. And honestly, you are one of my best friends uh, for reasons that go far beyond our history within a church. Uh, I do sincerely have a ton of, a ton of love for you, uh, a ton of respect for you, despite what our uh, anime night friends compare you to when they talk about characters in My Hero Academia. I um, wasn't whack. <laughs> <laughs> she came for your life on that one. She uh, really did. Like, just a fun fact, that person I who said know. that was, was on this podcast so that's I'll let I'll let you listeners take a wild guess at who that was. You probably won't even know. We're not going to say, 
Um, because I'm ready to fight though. (laughs) (laughs) Be Um, ready. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Alan, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about uh friendships inside the church, outside the church, and what it means to show Christ's love to people uh, on all fronts, um, regardless of, of common ground and, you know, varying common grounds. Thanks for having me. I know that we kind of were going back and forth between what to discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I mean, we kind of I... like came down on one. <laughs> no, I think this is fantastic. I think it's good for, for maybe listeners who are like AJ, who don't necessarily know within church culture, how do friendships happen? How do friendships behave? Uh, but also for, for people inside the church to understand different perspectives for you being in the church. What is it like to have deep friendships within the church? And then for myself being outside the church, what does it mean to continue to love somebody, continue to have friendships beyond church walls? And I think this has been a really one, probably one of my favorite episodes, just topic wise. I agree. Um, you're great, but topic wise, this this was a really important yeah, episode. Love you, hey, but like okay. honestly, <laughs> I love you, but I'm using you. <laughs> okay. Like a, like a gold digger, but for conversation <laughs> and podcast content. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so for all of our listeners, Alan, if they want to get in touch with you, just to talk a little bit more about uh, church friendships, how to have friendships without with people outside of the church to understand your convictions a little bit more, where can people reach you? Uh, yeah. So, uh, feel free to email me. Um, it's control Allen nine at gmail.com. Uh, the spelling John, you should have that. I got oh. you. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you have that <laughs> on standby. Get, uh, confused on that. Um, you can also feel free to contact me through Instagram or Facebook. Um, again, John will have that on there because my <laughs> last name, people confuse it all the time. I got you. So, and remember, yeah. there's three of them. So be sure to look for the right one. <laughs> there are three of them. Actually, there's three not, of them. There's, media, there's three of them on Facebook. Okay. Okay. So Instagram, you're safe. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, you're safe. <laughs> and obviously email too, because it's, it's specific. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think even for listeners who maybe have questions or want to share stories, if you have left the church culture and maybe you're hurting, have some bitterness about friendships that you've lost or that have been tainted by what we've shared, feel free to contact me. My information is always on the Instagram page. It's on the Facebook page. Feel free to reach out to me. If you ever have any questions, if you just want to talk to AJ, cause she's a cool bean, her information's on there as well. You already know. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's great. Um, definitely lo- love and appreciate having her on here. Um, and as always, if you haven't liked us on Instagram, you haven't liked us on Facebook, you haven't subscribed on Spotify or Apple, go do it. If you go haven't now. On YouTube, what are you waiting for? It makes sense. Do we it. don't have a YouTube channel yet, but we will. We will. <laughs> We're coming out with videos for this season. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you guys are paying attention. Just do it. Just do it in the words of our favorite boy, even Steven. Yes. <laughs> Don't let your dreams just be dreams. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye.